You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Leviticus chapter 17. Verses 1 through 10, Guidelines for Practical Personal Holiness. In this chapter, God is addressing Aaron, his sons, and the congregation of Israel through Moses. He tells them various miscellaneous laws regarding sacrifice. They were not to sacrifice an animal just anywhere in the camp or outside of it, but must bring it to the door of the tent of meeting. Failure to do so could result in death. They've been warned, and now failure to comply made the person culpable of bloodshed. At this point, it seems some of the Israelites were making these sacrifices out in the field. No more. Nor were animals to be killed just for the sake of being killed, but it was to be in relation to sacrifice for sin. By bringing them to the priest, it was, it's as if they were bringing them to the Lord. Seeing the blood and smelling the burnt offering was pleasing to the Lord. This would remind them of the Passover when he said, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And, after the flood, when Noah built an altar and made a sacrifice, we're told, the Lord smelled a pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. God tells them they must no longer offer any of their sacrifices to the goat idols to whom they prostitute themselves. Second Chronicles 11.15 mentions goat and calf idols. This shows that even now there was lingering idolatry in the camp. Some versions translate goat idols as demons. In the occult and witchcraft, goats are sometimes associated with the devil, as seen in the tarot card deck. This may stem from the scapegoat we studied in Leviticus chapter 16. Some pagan religions use this image as well. In Matthew 25, believers are referred to as sheep, unbelievers as goats. In Daniel chapter 8, he uses the goat to represent Alexander the Great, who was destructive of the Jewish world. Physiologically, sheep and goats look somewhat similar. So they are also representative of believers and impostors, like wheat and tares or chaff. Although they look similar, they act very differently. Sheep and goats have characteristics that hint at why Jesus made this distinction in Matthew 25. We see this idea of believers as sheep in Psalm 23 as well. Sheep are dependent on their shepherd and trust him. They are not known for their intelligence and will follow other sheep, sometimes into danger. Sheep are defenseless and are totally dependent on their shepherd for protection. They have no offensive abilities to help them survive. In John 10, Jesus uses the imagery of sheep and shepherds to describe the relationship he has with believers. He is the Good Shepherd. In contrast to sheep, Goats are known to be self-reliant and stubborn. They are also destructive. There are two quotes about this in the Beyond Today blog uh, about the difference between sheep and goats. It says, Shepherds protect sheep from their environment, whereas goat herds protect the environment from their goats.
and a sheep is led by his shepherd, whereas a goat herd is led by his goat. So the idea that to worship anything other than God is to worship idols is mentioned elsewhere. In 1 Corinthians 10, 19 and 20, Paul says, Do I mean that the food sacrificed to an idol is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God, and I do not want you to be participants with demons. See also Ephesians 6.12 and Galatians 4.8. Throughout scripture, God refers to idolatry in reference to either adultery or prostitution. They were being unfaithful to the God who loved them. This was to be a lasting ordinance for them and for the generations to come that applied equally to Israelites or to any foreigner who lived among them. All sacrifices must be ordered, offered to the Lord, not to idols, and must be brought to the priest to be done in the right place and in the right way, not just any old way and any old time. Failure to do so would be to make God their enemy. He said, I will set my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood, and I will cut them off from the people. Verses 11 and 12, Prohibition Against Consuming Blood Then the reason for this blood pro prohibition is given. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Therefore I say to the Israelites, None of you may eat blood, nor may any foreigner residing among you eat blood. Blood atones because shed blood, which represents death from a substitute, covers the sin of the sinner who is then allowed to live. And this goes back to Genesis 9.4.5, which says, But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal, and from each human being too. I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. This teaches the value of life and the base, is the basis for capital punishment. And it also points forward to the precious blood of Christ, which covers our sin. There was an incident later during the time of King Saul when the people wouldn't wait for the blood to be drained out, but ate animals with blood. Verses 13 and 14, Drain and Cover Blood. Then they are told that any hunter, whether Israelite or foreigner among them, who hunts animals or birds to eat, rather than bringing it for sacrifice, can do so, but they must first drain out the blood and cover it with earth. And the reason given is because the life of every creature is its blood. It was not ascribing magical power to blood, but demonstrating that blood stands for life. The average adult has about 5 liters of blood in their bodies, equivalent to 7% of their body weight. If there is a loss of more than 40% of their blood, or 2 liters, the person will die. Failure to pour out and cover the blood was punishable by death. Pagan practices were in view here. They would hunt animals and then pour out the blood as an offering to the god of the hunt or the spirit of the animal. 
the Israelites were not to engage in such a superstitious practice of idolatry. Ezekiel 24-7 describes Jerusalem before exile as shedding blood and pouring it on a rock rather than covering it with dirt. And this symbolized their sin being blatant and exposed, which would lead to their punishment by Babylon. Verses 15 and 16, Animals Found Dead While eating roadkill was not forbidden, it did render a person unclean ceremonially until evening, because the blood may not have been drained properly. They were required to wash their clothes and bathe themselves, otherwise they'd be held responsible. The health dangers of eating an animal one found dead were obvious, as they wouldn't know the state of decay, nor if the animal had died of disease. However, if a person saw the animal killed by another, then they could eat it as they'd know it was freshly killed and did not die of disease. They would just have to make sure they washed themselves and their clothes. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or the Gospel do we find in this chapter? Blood sacrifice of animals was commanded to teach that the consequence of sin is death. This was the reason Jesus had to die in our place so that we can live. We recall this every time we partake in the Lord's Supper. God can prescribe how he is to be worshipped. They were not to sacrifice animals any way, anywhere, and any time, but they were to be brought to the priest at the door of the tabernacle, later at the temple in Jerusalem. This was to teach them to avoid idolatry and syncretism. Later, Jeroboam would lead Israel into sin by establishing worship at Bethel and Dan in place of Jerusalem. We are not to have a do-it-yourself worship. Jesus is the door, or the only way to God. The Israelites were forbidden to consume blood. This prohibition continued into the New Covenant. This chapter teaches us the main reason for all the Old Testament sacrifices and the prohibition against consuming blood, because for the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar, it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. They all pointed forward to Jesus' shed blood, which makes atonement for us. You've been listening to the Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Leviticus chapter 18. May God bless the study of his word.